if you found us here, you're probably a little like me. You think it's time to rethink the way that we do business. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and this is the Client Experience Revolution. This podcast is for entrepreneurs and will give you all the tips, tricks, and tools that other badass business leaders are using to serve their community, their clients, while still taking care of themselves. So let's dive into this week's episode, have a little fun, and learn along the way too. This episode is brought to you by Link Consulting Solutions. Are you a badass entrepreneur looking to up-level your capacity, maybe supercharge your clarity and reconnect like a rock star? We'll head on over to linkcs.com to find out how we can accomplish this and more. We have virtual assistant matchmaking as well as clarity and client re-engagement consulting. That's L-I-N-Q-C-S.com. See you there. Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I'm here today with Carol Williams, who is a specialist on all things being super productive and successful when you have ADHD. I'm very, very excited about this conversation. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, Raya. This is going to be a blast. I can't wait. I can't wait either because I know that I get free coaching out of it. So there you go. (laughs) Uh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Tell us a little bit more about you, your business, how you serve people and why this topic became so important for you. Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, so about me, well, how long do we have? No. Um, so I'm, um, I'm not only a business owner, right? So I've had my business since 09. Before that, I had a different career. Um, and I've got a couple teenage boys, and that's always fun. I like to play in the outdoors. But when it comes down to um, my business and why it's important, well, through the years, uh, I believe as entrepreneurs, we're always unfolding and changing and sort of figuring ourselves out. So in the years from 09 and certainly in the early years and how it's kind of moved through to now, and right now in this podcast, it's 2021, um, I went through some changes and uh, I took my former life, kind of project manager life and being really well organized. And I tried to f- marry that with my love for psychology, actually. And I came up with being an organizer. And very quickly, I realized I didn't want to be in people's closets. But what was happening was they were disorganized on the outside because of something that was happening on the inside. So I lined myself with a person who wound up being a a dear friend. And uh, she's an ADHD coach. And we shared office space for probably three years, right? So there I learned about all things ADHD. I learned that I loved people with ADHD, love them. Like they're creative, they're fun. They have all these great ideas. Um, And as an organizer, I had like a job for life because typically they're disorganized. So, So that's how I came into the ADHD part and how I came into the business part, because really what I do is I take my business coach training and my ADHD training and experience. And I marry them together. And I say, you can have the business uh, and life of your dreams if you you just so want to. Um, A lot of people with ADHD, because they're 
coming up with all these brilliant ideas all the time and they don't quote unquote fit the mold, they go out and take a risk, right? They start their own business, but they suffer from follow through. They suffer from that consistency. They suffer from, you know, they try things. If they don't like them quick, they drop them or forget, quite frankly, just forget what they were supposed to do. And as a result, they don't always succeed. So during this journey, uh, I myself, who I don't believe I have ADHD, but my I know for sure my, my older son does, um, and a lot of people do, right? I, I, I didn't know how to do a business. Like I knew a lot of things, but not how to do a business. And I was slowly going down the toilet financially. <laughs> so I decided that I better get my act together before it was too late and, uh, and learn how to run a business, which I did. I took a course. I ended up doing so well that they asked me to come on the team and be uh, one of their coaches. And I got those after several years of being in the trenches, so to speak, I've reached senior level. So now I help people even that don't have ADHD, right. in their business. But, uh, but my sweet spot for my own business is those exact two things. It's you've got ADHD. You've got a lot of, you're disorganized a lot of the times, um, so you need that support is how to organize, be organized enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you also, uh, th- my ideal client also too, is trying to build, launch or scale their business, whatever that is. So when both things are true and we like each other, it's the perfect fit. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, that was funny because, you know, we, you and I hit it off like gangbusters. Just like that. Like right, right? away. <laughs> Um, but I do think that that's really interesting and true because, you know, it's not the ADD person is not for everyone. Um, and I, I see a lot of things through the lens of extended disc because I'm an extended disc facilitator. So I always tell people if I was an emoji, it would be jazz hands. Um, <laughs> that would be my emoji. Uh, yeah. Not everybody that is going to appreciate and love jazz hands. Um, they might be a little bit more reserved. Um, and when I hire people, I usually will hire people who are a little bit more on the reserve side, still a people person, but more of a like my people kind of people person and somebody with a lot of attention to detail because I don't have any attention to detail. I have lots of amazing ideas. And um, I need somebody to say, that's a great idea. This is the way that we have to break that down um, and make it actionable. And um, and it's not like I can't do anything and there's no sure. follow through at all. It's just that um, these are areas that are more, I'm less passionate about. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, people who have ADHD can hyper-focus and be... Um, amazingly focused on things that they are passionate about. Things mm-hmm. that they are not passionate about are going to be more difficult to, um, you know, to really wrap your brain around. We tend to procrastinate and then it kind of falls off the squirrel. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, falls off. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that passion is is critical. That it, yeah. Absolutely. So, um recently and you'll you'll cut me off when i'm going too far off on a Never, weird tangent yeah. but but recently uh, i've learned that it's important to i'll call that a pre-step that 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 knowing exactly what you're passionate about 
we can't start with just the productivity training and business training and all that. What we really need to start with is, are you even on the right ladder? Mm-hmm. And, to, and to that end, I actually started something. We just finished the group. Literally, we just finished it off on Friday. Um, and I call this group um, my Ikigai group. Have you ever heard of that word? That sounds very familiar to me. Yes, I have, but I don't. I can't remember what it means. Yeah, let me just quickly tell you. So Ikigai is a Japanese word. It, it originated in uh, Okinawa and uh, in the East, Eastern Hemisphere, it means deep happiness. It's like life, like a life purpose, like you're living your Ikigai. It's two and then there's, there's a blank. Okay, now the Western uh, world thinks about it. It's like a Venn diagram with four circles and where they intersect, everything goes on top of everything else, right? That funky little shape. Uh, that's your Ikigai. And the four circles are what you love what you're good at, what you can be paid for, and what the world needs. And that's your ikigai. Got it. Yep. And there's lots of different books that have been read on it, uh, excuse me, written on it. Uh, however, I picked one that I thought was was fun and cool. How to Ikigai by Tim, I can't remember his last name, Thomas Shoro or somebody like that. You'll figure it out. And I took these five people um, a little bit through the book, but mostly just kind of through a, a kind of a coaching process to go deeply into their ikigai. And right, it was like the funnest thing ever. I bet. And, and here's the thing. They all had so much fun. I had so much fun. It was like effortless. And they got so much out of it. I love that. And so I loved doing that. So I've realized that that is such a critical piece for me. And, and for my people is that, you, you know, a lot of ADHD people kind of, they grew up and I, I don't, a lot of time I get, do you, can you help my child? The answer is I love your, I'm sure I could, but no, because that's not my sweet spot. I want entrepreneurs that are, you know, so you're an adult, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and, and really an older adult, typically like, you know, you're at least 40, 45, 50, something like that, because before that you'd just know everything anyway, and you'd never pay me. And that's okay. <laughs> because you get to do that. <laughs> Have fun with that. Um, and, but no, I can't help that. So at any rate, um, it's so important. And these people have gone kind of through their whole life being told they're doing it wrong. They don't fit in. Uh, if they could just get organized like everybody else, if they just did this system and they, what happens is over a period of time, they begin to think that they're not doing things the right way, that they, that there's something actually really wrong with them. And the truth is there's really nothing wrong with them, everything right with them. And it's just a matter of zeroing in on what it is they want and, uh, and doing those things. So the Ikigai is a wonderful way to unearth beautiful parts about what you love and to really nail down that, that special spot in the center. I love that. I think that's so important. I think also um, what um, happens for a lot of us entrepreneurs is that we um, think we have to have the clarity piece is what we call it. And it becomes almost like a nemesis, um, you know, to know what your clarity is, have a clear vision as to what it is that you're doing. Yeah. And, um, when you, when your brain is working 800 miles a minute, finding something that's clear is 
very difficult, but what you're doing is kind of coming at it from a different angle and almost like finding what lights you up is finding that clear, that clarity piece. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's a, as you say, it's a different way of coming at it. Um, I had one man, I just interviewed him this morning. I had one man in uh, the, the course and he said that what he found was that, and he knew he had this problem, but he, he saw a couple of different paths for himself before the course. And he didn't like either one because he's, uh, he's in the teaching field and he was looking at a couple of life directions. Uh, he didn't like either one. So throughout the Ikigai, he was able to see things differently so that he didn't realize it was kind of like pick this or this. We get stuck in that all or nothing thinking like in neither one is good and jumping five steps ahead. A lot of things about the ADHD mind is that um, brilliance is part of the picture. So when, when somebody's brilliant, they get bored, so bored with the rate that everybody else is going. And they're thinking a hundred steps ahead. They're big picture thinkers and they're thinking a hundred steps ahead. They're not focused on the step we are at right now. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes like, it's a handicap almost like almost too brilliant. If that makes any sense. Anyway, yeah. through the process, he said to me a couple of times, he goes, a couple of times I was like, okay, this lady is nuts. And I went ahead and did the thing and I couldn't believe it came out even better than I ever dreamed. Those are some of his words. And I'm like, hmm, okay, great. I Excellent. love that. I love <laughs> can, I, that. Can, can I take that? And I did, I recorded it and asked him for permission. So um, it's pretty fun. Anyway. That's so good. Well, in your um, productivity portion of your business, tell me yeah. a little bit about what you think the best time management strategy is, because there are lots. And I will tell you, I mean, I have, for those who are watching, I have the little clock that it yeah. is the little time um, that shows you, it shows you in a color how much time is left. Yeah. Um, there's the Pomodoro method, which for those of you who haven't heard of that is I believe it's 25 minutes of productivity and five minutes of rest. Um, There's all these different methods um, that we're told can work for us, which is good to have options, but sometimes having lots of options is also not so good. So uh, tell me what you think you've found to be the best time management strategy for your clients. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. And um, you might think that that's a specific question. However, it's not specific enough to give a specific answer. That question, uh, the best I can answer that is the strategies you've identified are good ones. They're tried and true. And um, one thing I find is that people will, that I work with, will have something that works for them a little, for a little while until it doesn't anymore. Because quite frankly, you get bored with it. Or maybe you have um, an interruption. So you go on vacation for a few days and your routine gets interrupted and then you literally forget to do the Pomodoro. So one of the best um, brings to mind, one of the best uh, time management solutions uh, is to really establish a morning routine and an evening routine and to write them out. And more and more, I'm finding that um, my people who actually write it out on a, like a blank piece of real paper 
and do that and then draw things like it's art art is very important often to my clients one of the threads of commonality is there's art in some form it may not be drawing art it could be cooking could be music could be lots of different forms of of media and my son who has ADHD has to have his morning routine written out like by the minute and he di- he does this i would never do this for me but he's got like 6:30 wake up like 6:40 decide what to eat for breakfast or whatever it is do you know what i mean like he's got little things written down like decide what to eat for breakfast has to get written down or he'll forget to decide what to eat for breakfast <laughs> you know he says without my routine mom i feel like i'm just floating all day i'm spinning and i don't know what i'm supposed to do and then i get stuck on video games all day and while the business owners aren't going to quite get to that level i've worked with enough of them that they have their version of that they might get sucked into facebook they might get sucked into you know helping a neighbor we're all working on our homes if we didn't work out of our homes before we work out of our home now and you know maybe you're going to help a neighbor walk her dog because she needs that or she's elderly and broke her leg or whatever it is you know what i mean and now we're over here doing all this stuff and we're not doing what we're supposed to do because quite frankly we've forgotten we didn't have it all written down and we didn't have our routines so routines are critical this is really interesting because i don't know why i just knew that you were going to say routine because uh, although the morning and the evening routine is something that i have not done before i have actually let go of of healthcare providers that I need to see on a regular basis because they would change the times on me. Um, Like if I needed to see them on a reoccurring basis, um, I needed the same time every time, the same day, the same time, because then I know that I can count on it to be the same day, the same time. But if it's all over the place, then I get confused. The other thing that for me is I live and die by my calendar. So the very first thing, you know, some people check Facebook when they wake up in the morning, but the very first thing I do in the morning and the last thing I do at night is I check my calendar. What am I doing today? Do I have five more minutes to sleep? Um, You know, like, like, what am I doing today? Okay, this is what my day looks like. And mentally preparing myself, you know, like, where am I going to get rest time in here? What do I need to do to be prepared for these things? Um, And, you know, kind of going from there. But there are a lot of things that get forgotten that I think other people might not know. Like, we forget to eat, you know, all the time. Yeah. Not because like we just, we did not because of our medication, not because of this or that. Like we just are busy. We, we get busy and we just it Forget. doesn't even cross our mind. And then all of a sudden our body is like, why do I feel like crap right now? Like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't understand what's happening. And it's yeah. because like, literally it's 2 PM and we've had two diet Cokes and, um, a pop tart, you know, like or whatever <laughs> yeah. it might be, you know? And, right. um, So uh, the calendar has been something. um, Then the other thing that I've noticed for myself is for a long time, I was really like, um, if I saw a space on my calendar, I thought that I had room to put something in there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would overschedule myself 
intensely. And then I would like melt, like I can't over schedule myself. So now I have purple time in my schedule. That's called buffer time. It literally says buffer and it's an appointment between appointments. And so, and then when I see, so on Sundays, I'll look throughout my week and I'll say, okay, I need to actually, even though that's an extended period of time, that's going to be an appointment that I'm going to need to take some time to really like unpack or do some stuff. So I'm going to block out actual um, additional time buffer time or whatever. So those are some things that you have to like figure out. And I think there takes a certain level of maturity, um, and understanding yourself after your diagnosis, where you start to come into those things. But I love your idea of the morning routine because you are right. You don't, you just get up and you just start going. You don't think like just to decide what to eat for breakfast. And then you don't think, like what needs to be done by bed, you just literally collapse. And then that's the end of the day. Like, (laughs) you know, like that's, we we're like this whirling dervish, you know, of like doing all these things. And then we collapse because our body just can't take it anymore. But, um, that that's a fantastic idea. You know, you brought up something called buffer time. I love that. So smart move on on your part. And it brought to mind uh, a topic that seems to come through over and over again. And that is something I call transitions. Oftentimes, ADHD people are not so good with transitions, right? You're in that flow state. You don't want to stop doing that just because your calendar says or because your clock says or anything else like that. And you have trouble transitioning right to the next thing. It's a great idea to have that buffer time. The other transition um, that I often will help my clients with, and this, interestingly, this came up in my group program. I have something called Streamline Your Success, and it's a group program where we build our own productivity success cakes. And the topic of transitioning just really resonated with everybody in different ways. Sometimes um, coming off of your idea about the white space, that you build in or the purple space in your case, this is what will happen. This is the picture. Somebody goes away. They say, oh, I'm going to go away this weekend. Oh, great. They don't think, what does that mean in terms of the Friday or the Monday? They don't think about what they have to pack. They don't think about what they have to tell their assistant. They don't think about, you know, wind down, clean up, like all those things that need to happen to successfully leave and really leave and not be like, Oh my gosh. And what, you know, and have those, what I call poison dart thoughts. And um, right. So you want to have that buffer time, that purple time. If you don't already do it, you probably do, but just in case you don't, or anybody listening doesn't like, if you're going to leave on Saturday morning at seven, like work backwards, like think about, well, maybe I need like half a day on Friday to just kind of create that open space. And even if you don't need the whole half a day on Friday, uh, you probably need at least three hours and stuff always comes in like that last minute thing. Oh, I know you're going away. So can we just do this? You know what I mean? And you need that. Okay. And then on the other side, like, I know I do this when I go, not just a weekend, but say I go away for a week and I do, I go on vacation that day that I come back. If I come back on a Sunday, I write, I write at least for the morning and preferably for the entire day on, on Monday, I write down re-entry. Mm. And that means I get to like, if I hadn't had a chance to do laundry on Sunday, right. Or like there's the email, the pile of emails that you don't really want to look at over the 
the vacation, although sometimes you do anyway, right? There's all that. Um, all Just there's so much that piles up. Plus mentally, you have to make a shift. Yeah. If, if, if you have a real vacation, then you've gotten down into a nice relaxed zone and you need to ramp back up. So to have this, like, that's why I hate having a job because eight o'clock in the morning on a Monday, you have to be like on the job. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you what, Raya, on Mondays, I do not see a client until the afternoon. That's That's just a no. That's awesome. (laughs) Like, I just, like, I have things I do in the mornings. Um, I have my routine and I could see a couple people maybe late morning, but, um, but no, not really. Like, I, I kind of block it off and do my stuff. I mean, sometimes I just, um, I just clean my room or something. Like I just need to like have some time to be a human. Yeah. And right. And, and it's okay. Cause I own my own business. So right. and what I love about that is you don't even have ADHD. These tips no. are applicable for everybody Absolutely. who would like to be more productive. Right. You know what I mean? Like just because you don't have ADHD doesn't mean that this doesn't work right. for, for everybody. True. A lot of the things that I mentioned are applicable to everybody. And there's a couple of things that don't, but we haven't touched on those yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. So with regard to task management and stuff, but that's just a small detail. Most things I find are very applicable for most everybody. Well, what are some of the ways that you help people like me who have ADHD remember things? Yeah. So externalize, 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 right? So we talked about having your schedule written out. That's a great way to remember. Um, you know, and I know this sounds basic, but but like you say, you forget to eat. So So it's like, what's going to help you remember to eat? Is it like, do you program your computer to shut down? Uh, do you have somebody text you at noon or, or call you? Like you, it, it requires number one, uh, I have like a, a morning and an evening form for my people to, to fill out when they're my private client. And in the morning, they talk about some sort of broad brush things. Like you say, you live by your calendar that you want to do. And if in the more you go through it, So like, okay, I want to take a break. I want to take exercise breaks on these times. Uh, You might, maybe you do have somebody call you. Maybe you have an alarm. Um, uh, If you want to exercise in the morning, like maybe the night before you put out like sneakers where you're going to trip over them in the morning. You put the, back when libraries were open, you put the library books at the door. Uh, Anything that goes out, to the car you want like a basket there with like stuff to go out to the car so that when you see it that you're like oh yeah that's right I want to put that in my car you don't have to go and do all that. you can just put it in the basket so there's lots of different ways but it all kind of boils down to think about it ahead of time have a morning and an evening form just like your morning and evening routine where you like if you don't if you're not my client and you just want to do the things on the form. It's like, what are my main priorities for today? What are my critical blocks of time? Uh, What might get in the way is a question that I I have my people ask themselves. How can I ensure it doesn't get in the way? It makes you think ahead a little bit without being ahead. And then over time, you can start to insert, insert things and be really specific too right? So those are the morning and the evening form. The evening form is all about what went well, what didn't go as well, 
And here's the one people skip all the time. What will I do differently? You know, what will I do differently? And that over time is how you begin to be more productive um, and feel more in control of your life. I love that. I have, um, she learned it at school, but we have the family text thread. Mm -hmm. And what's great about this is that my eldest has moved out of the house, but she's still on this family text thread. And we don't do it every day, but maybe once a week or once every week and a half, um, you know, like someone will say, we'll do, we'll have a good night, um, you know, round robin of good nights or whatever. And then the youngest is always the one who initiates this. And she'll say, name three things that went great today. Name three things that went not so great today and name three things that you're going to do different tomorrow to help the things that didn't go. Oh, wow. Look at that. And I don't even say 11. (laughs) <laughs> yeah woohoo! she's gonna be a coach that's why I know or maybe not but but she'll just be a a, a great contributor to the world whatever it is yes. so so how wonderful is that and, and it's especially important to name the things that went well because sometimes it's just a bad day yeah it's just like it feels like nothing went well it feels like the whole world rained on you and when it rains it pours when we get into that mode it is so important i tell people when i'm coaching them it's like i get it it's a rainy day tell me about the one great like did you have a good raincoat right like was there a little ray of sun for half a second that made you remember that tomorrow it might not be raining like metaphorically you know and and I will have people shift in the first five minutes out of you because you come to a coaching call and you're like, like, you know, you're like thinking, oh, she's got to fix this. I got to fix that. And, you know, you're thinking about you've got to celebrate and be grateful for those little things that have gone well. So I love it. Your 11 year old has got it down. I know. And sometimes sometimes it's as small as like today is done and I'm in my hoodie and my sweatpants and. I have a fuzzy blanket and, you know, and tomorrow is a new day. You know what I mean? Like that's a pretty awesome thing. Like anytime you're in a hoodie and sweatpants, I feel like that's cause for celebration. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes my people say, Hey, you know, my celebration is I'm, I'm still continuing on. I felt several times this last week of giving up but I'm still working on my business. I'm still getting through some of the kinks that I'm working through and um, they're still trudging along, which is, I love that. There's a group and I've mentioned them before, but there's a group out here in Seattle on Facebook and um, it's called the F bomb breakfast club. So you have to be square (laughs) friendly to be in it. Um, But they usually have on Fridays, like the Friday wins or whatever. And occasionally you'll see somebody on there that says like, I made it through the week. You know, and sometimes that's been me. Like I'm still in business today. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's huge things. And sometimes it's just, you know, like I had a raincoat. You know what I mean? I made it through the week. So I I love that. And the other thing for externalized too, um, I, if I remember something, I have to write it down immediately, you know, like it needs to be documented immediately or else what's going to happen is I'm going to remember that I remembered something. 
And then it's going to bother me trying to remember the thing to remember that I needed to remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whereas if I just like write it down, even if it's not in the place where it lives, you know, that I can later be like, where did I put that thing that I needed to remember? Oh, that's right. I put it in my iPad. Let's go see what it was. Okay. There we go. Perfect. This, this just needs to go in the calendar or whatever. Um, you know, like you have to work with the resources that you have. Um, the other, I almost every project management software I have has something that says Raya's brain dump because they'll have periods of time where I'll be, feel very inspired and lots of thoughts will come to me and um, and then periods of time where I can't remember. And so I will just like sit for like an hour and just literally like vomit onto the computer all of these thoughts that are coming to my brain of all these things that may, they may be things that are going to be in two years or, you know, whatever, but I want to, you know, their thoughts or dreams or yeah. things that are important that I want to remember. And, um, and so I, I, I think it's, that's another tool that other people can use as well. You know, really just exhaustively putting your thoughts and dreams out there in the universe, whether that be in a journal or, um, you know, in some type of Asana or Trello or, yep. you know, whatever you use and just like thinking about it, you know, like, because then you, then you can break down what you can actually work on and make a little baby steps towards these mm -hmm. amazing ideas that you have. I mean, I have to say I am partial to the ADHD brain. Mm -hmm. We do come up with amazing ideas, but there are <laughs> lots of people who don't have ADHD that are geniuses. <laughs> but I think most of them have had to take very small steps to get to these amazing feats that they've accomplished. And so, um, you know, externalizing by doing a brain dump of some sort is um, is another way that you can really um, you know, try to remember things or, um, you know, take little steps towards, towards big goals. Well, brain dumps are a critical first step. I mean, period. Right. And, and that's very, when I had a physical office, um, like when I was with my friend, I was telling you, and then suddenly, and then also too, we separated into close, but separate offices. I decided that at one point I, I wanted to go bigger than a, than a whiteboard. Whiteboards are ADHD people's friend, right? Usually I was like, I'm going to go one bigger. Cause I saw it somewhere. I'm going to do idea paint. So all that is, is this, it's like this acetate that you, so literally all my walls were like right onable. So I would have that and I, my people, and, and when we do our brain dumps with, with clients, I'd write, he or she would write. Then we could like, we had all these colors. Don't forget the, the artsy stuff, the drawing, right? So then we'd start to, you know, put group different words or different ideas that we could put them on a different wall. That was fun. Plus we got to up, get up and move, which is really important, right? For our brains to operate at peak efficiency, it needs our bodies need to move. So that was super fun. And I find that no matter what, that's always a good exercise. The trick is to then butterfly net them and get them into a place where you don't lose them. So I yeah. liked how you, you mentioned like a project management software of some kind, because there's got to be some place to put them. And then there's this other thing, uh, the ADHD coach, the, the friend of mine I was talk talking about, she would have something called a parking lot. 
So there would be some that she didn't know where to put them. So she just, her ideas just go in a parking lot. And sometimes the parking lot got executed on later. And sometimes it didn't because this sometimes ideas just fade out and they don't, they're not relevant. Not everything is actionable or needed over time. But then it was good to have that, that you could re- refer back to the parking lot periodically, which of course goes back to the routines because it's no good to brain dump it and then forget about it and then never look at it again and forget maybe where you put it anyway. So there's lots of pieces and parts to this, right? I like that. I like that parking lot. That's a, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I, um, I, in the current uh, project management tool that we use, which is monday.com, I was archiving as I got things done. And then I was like, I don't really like that. I feel like then I don't really know like what I did. And so then I created a little section called shit I got done. And so then I would just move it into that group. And then I was like, oh my God, look at all the shit I got done. This is amazing, you know? So it was like a celebration corner, you know? But I think um, I like the parking lot idea. That's pretty cool. That's really neat. Yeah. Well, Um, I like the idea that you made a, a done list. Yes. Like that feels good too. It does. It does feel good because sometimes it feels, uh, which was an excellent segue into my next question about overwhelm. And so overwhelm is something that hits and does a lot and um, it can cause sort of like literally cause a halt to um, progress. So what can people do when they experience overwhelm? And I'm imagining that's, because we have so many ideas and fun things that are going on that sometimes it can be too much and then it comes to a screeching halt. So what are some ways to um, slow that down, the spinning that you're talking about and and back out of the overwhelm and get back into productivity? That's a really good question because it happens more than we'd like to admit, right? So um, while this may sound simple, I'm going to bring you through a step-by-step process just just in case. So the first step is notice it. (laughs) So we don't notice it. That's when we start um, uh, procrastinating. We don't even notice we're in overwhelm. So we start procrastinating. We start um, overeating. We yell at our family, like things like that are happening. So sometimes a way to notice is to notice what you're doing like you're reaching for the chips and it's like, wait, am I hungry? Am I just reaching for the chips? So you, you want to be noticing what's happening so you can go, oh, I got it. Uh, Olivia overwhelm has me like externalize because you are not your overwhelm. Overwhelm is out here somewhere. Okay. I learned this one time a few years ago from this uh, psychologist that helped um, anxiety with children is to externalize Love the that. thing. Yeah. You know, and so that, that could be called the villain or it's a voice in your head. It's part of you. It's in your subconscious. Right. And so, oh yeah, I've got Olivia overwhelm over here. Well, you know, and if you think about in terms of, uh, of children and characters and things that are not you, well, who's gonna like combat Olivia overwhelm. Oh, maybe it's step-by-step Susan, something like that. Well, what would Susan say? Like, and you start asking yourself those questions and now it's not like, 
oh, I'm doing it again, or like, oh, whatever that negative voice is telling you. So step one is notice it. Step two is really externalize it. And step three is breathe. Now I get a lot of resistance when it comes to breathing and meditating. And breathing and meditating are critical. When we we have a uh, what somebody said, told me today was not a brain-based difference, but a neurological neuro. Yeah, neurodivergent. Yeah. Thank you. It's all, it's always going to be the cool next cool name or whatever for people with a, a mind that's slightly different for whatever that we're considering quote unquote normal. Um, and let me tell you this. So for those of you who are listening, pick up your right hand right now. We're going to do it together. And I want you to start for those of you who are listening to take your thumb and put it at the base of your pinky finger. And so what we're going to do is this is not going to take long. So number one, do not worry. It will not take long. <laughs> and, now, and so we're just going to breathe in and out. And as I, as I bring you through this and you're going to breathe in and out, what you're going to do is you're going to move your thumb from finger to finger. You're going to go up the finger and down the finger. And we're going to breathe as we do it. So here we go. Base of your finger all the way up to the top. Breathe in and down. Breathe out. Now go to your next finger over, your ring finger. Breathe in and breathe out. Your next finger over, your, your FU finger. Breathe in and breathe out. Thumb to your index finger. Breathe in and breathe out. And one more, just do your thumb. Breathe in. Breathe out. And that is was told to me, spoiler alert, by one of my ADHD clients who's an MIT engineering graduate and she's in her 60s. And she told me, I can't meditate, but I've learned something called rhythmic breathing and that has changed everything for me. Wow. And since then, I've just taught it just a few weeks ago in my productivity success cake uh, group. It has been used by people. They love it. They've calmed themselves down. When you get into that spin of, oh my gosh, this is a big decision. This was a big decision this lady was making regarding moving overseas. She felt like she was up against a wall. And between the coaching we did, uh, we have some online coaching in between calls. She did that and she did a rhythmic breathing, breathing and she was able to make a clear decision that didn't involve a, um, she's, she's known for her rather impulsive and rather um, expensive <laughs> decisions. <laughs> so she just saved herself a lot of time, money, um, and got herself back grounded and centered quickly. And I know I talked during that, but the truth is that takes maybe 20 seconds. Awesome. If you don't have 20 seconds, you have 20 seconds. Believe me, yes. you've got the 20 seconds. You can yeah. do it more than once too. So yeah, um, that's, I think I resisted for sure meditation and breathing for a long, long time. And now it's part of my daily practice and I, and I'll do it at different times throughout the day. Um, I actually signed up. There's somebody, um, that I follow. Her name is Tama Keeves. She teaches the Course of Miracles, which is a different. Oh it's, yeah. But um, she has a daily meditation email where she yeah. does a guided meditation, and so it's like I get an email, and I'm like, oh, it's something that I need. It's on my to do list. It's in my unread emails. I need to do this thing, and so it's yeah. like it encourages me. I paid for 365 days 
of a guided meditation to be sent to my email. And then I'm, then I feel compelled because it's in my email that I must do this meditation. (laughs) Okay. But it's a six or seven minute meditation and it's fantastic. And I always feel better. And, um, and it's, and it's been really, really great for me. And in terms of doing that, and then just sometimes just like taking a second to step away and, um, you know, like to, I live in Seattle, so the sun is pretty rare um, here. And today was an especially um, pretty day. It was still very, very cloudy, but I went outside barefoot for like five minutes. Oh, wow. Just like stood in the grass yeah. for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like awesome. just to like yeah. breathe air, you know, like we, especially yeah. we work from home. We don't go oh, outside, yeah. you know, like go, go know. outside and breathe air. It's, it's really <laughs> air out there. There's so much of it. <laughs> Let's breathe it. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Yeah, but that's that's the first line of defense, really. Kind of notice it, externalize it, and breathe. Yeah. And then so after good. that, take things step by step. And you can usually figure yourself out by now by then. But uh, what I'll say is uh, sometimes I'll bring people into my productivity success cake model and just really kind of notice like what's going on for you what what layer are you in right now like and and really um you know kind of pull in yourself into that that's a detail for maybe later so yeah yeah out of overwhelm yeah absolutely well how do you help people stop beating themselves up when they have past failures or they feel like they're not doing yeah. things the right way because we're going to do things different i know yeah. i have um one quick story that relates to this, and that's that my daughter just finished um, cosmetology school and she took longer than most people do. And yeah. so she had to pay some additional tuition because she took okay. longer. And I said to so in the middle of it, when she realized that it was going to be take her longer than everybody else, she wanted to quit. Yeah. And I said to her, I was like, first of all, We do things on our own timing, not on everyone else's timing. So who cares how long it takes everybody else? This is your journey, not their journey. Yeah. And um, second of all, and I said, um, it it doesn't matter. Like, so what if it takes you longer, you get more instruction, like you're going to be better than them. So it's fine, you know? And so, and it doesn't mean, and I told her that uh, they have modules for their school and I said, I think that the first time that everyone modded out, which means they moved on to the next module and she was left behind, I said, that was the best possible thing that happened to you. She said, what are you talking about? That was horrible. And I said, no, because then it was after that point that you were never going to be on the same timeline as everybody else. And that's okay. Like yeah. you, then you could do it in your own time. Then you right. could do it in your own journey, in your own way. And it wasn't a failure. It was like, okay, so they're moving forward and I'm still here before whatever reason I need to still be here. And, um, so that, that's what I, when I saw, you know, and when I'm thinking about this question, that's the example that, and, and those of course are rooted, you know, the advice I gave her are rooted in things that of my own, you know, things that I do my, my own way in my own time or whatever, but um, I just was like, I just wanted her to know like, no, 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 no. This is not a failure. This is not like, there's no right way. And she's like, well, I'm going to have to pay extra money. I'm like, okay, are you going to get extra instruction? Yes. Okay. 
It's okay. Yeah, you know, I love it. I love it. So the question is, is how to stop beating your, yourself up. I think. Yes. Um, how do you stop beating yourself up if you have past failures and if yeah. you feel like you're not doing things the right way? Yeah. Yeah. Well, on your, on your example about timing, I, I have something that I say uh, that other coaches that I know say the same thing. Your timing is perfect is kind of like in the, in her case, she's got modules and you said that essentially, but that's just like a mantra uh, mm-hmm. to live by. Your timing is perfect. Um, especially when you have ADHD or any kind of uh, difference from quote unquote, somebody else and your life is different. Like, so even if you have two people, regardless of how their brain is structured, my life, you know, I've got, I've got kids and my own interests is going to be different than somebody else's life that maybe has no distractions. Maybe they have no interests and they're going to go through an online course at a different speed than I am necessarily. Right. So number one is your timing is perfect. Um, The second thing I watched you do in not so many words is what you did is you found the blessing in it. You found the like, oh, wow, you looked at the bright side, you had that gratitude, you turned the same situation in you spun it in a way that showed that that there was some beauty in that situation. So a big example was like a year ago uh, with the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody has their own pandemic story and we all will forevermore, right? So I'll go back to my young adult son. At first, he was really angry at the pandemic, like, right? Like we, a lot of us were. Rather quickly, and I will just say kind of like unashamedly because his mother is a rock star coach, he started saying things like, um, COVID happened for me. Rather quickly, when the rest of his, because he was a senior in high school last year and he was, you know, his all his friends are complaining, we don't have prom, we don't have that. And he kept saying, well, you know what? I didn't really want to go to the prom anyway. I always felt like it was too much money and it's all this pressure. And like he kept saying, you know, I don't even like school anyway, which is true. And, and so what he was doing is he was finding the blessings in it, right? So that's so finding the blessings, just like you found the blessing for your daughter. It's really important. Regarding beating yourself up. That's something that we all do to some degree or another, because we are so hard on ourselves. So again, externalizing it and creating like a character, just like you had Olivia overwhelm. Maybe you've got Paula perfect. Like is Paula perfect out there? What's she, what's she saying? You know what I mean? And and what's her superhero is her superhero. Like try it on Teddy. Like, you know what I mean? Or like, get up, Greta. <laughs> like, what, what is it? <laughs> you know? And, and really have fun with it. Because we can't undo, like our rational brains know this. Our rational brains know that we can't undo what's been done. But yet, how often do we spend time ruminating over something that we have no control of, i.e. the past? All the time. Well, many, much of the time right? So all we can do is look forward. And as a coach, uh, I want to just share this with you. Lots of times when people are about to say yes to uh, a person as a coach, what it means is, is that they're spending a lot of money and that they're doing something that maybe they haven't done before, or they haven't done in a while, or they 
they're they're taking a big step forward, right? And those voices in their head are like, "Don't do it! It'll be too much! It'll you kill! You'll never make it!" And and they're 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 showing those voices are like showing evidence. Look, you failed all those times. Like, look, you're a failure. And it is so hard to bring people to that place that you know. And allow them to say yes to themselves. And so I'll say, and so just when their villains are yelling at them and I'll say, wow, so um, what would get your commitment all the way? And they'll say things like, well, to, to absolutely guarantee that I won't fail like all those other times. And I'd say, great. How will you show up differently this time? Oh, shoot. Now I have to think about how I'll do something differently. And I think ahead. And now we make a plan based on that, but not reliving that. So that's coaching. So how you get, like, it's a multifaceted question. How do you stop beating yourself up? You look at failures as blessings would be one thing. Tell yourself your timing is perfect. You're perfect. The way you're made up is perfect. And now with that knowledge, how will you show up differently moving forward? And what can we, how can we focus forward and pre-think about um, what, what might hold us back and fireproof it out there? Does that mean it's going to go perfectly? No, because the blazes will still come. But if you've fireproofed your home, you're better off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Carol, I always ask each guest two very important questions. And the first is for this topic specifically, if somebody was to only retain one thing and walk away from this conversation and just really be thinking and they could only retain one thing, what would be that that you would want them to be thinking about this conversation? Yeah. And it's something that... um... It's something that we didn't get to. And then the pre-call we talked about, but that's okay. Uh, when I, and that is, is that when you're in overwhelm and when things aren't working for you, go back to your basic routine. And in my productivity success cake, it's that bottom layer of your cake. So ask yourself, there's five pieces of cake, the bottom. There's food, exercise, sleep, meditation, and meds and supplements. If any of those cake layers is really sucking, then you go there first. So that's what to to know. When you get in trouble with yourself, look at those five things. And if those five things are good, now you can move on. So that's one thing I want you to walk away with. That's so good. And um, everybody needs to know that Carol's information is going to be included in the show notes. If you want to know more about the productivity success cake, which actually looks like birthday cake um, and is full of productivity, um, you definitely <laughs> want to check out her website. Um, and um, and if you're interested in working with her as well, which um, I, as you can see, she's full of all sorts of value. Um, that's the, the place to, the place to be is Carol's website. Um, Carol, if you could say there's one piece of advice in your life that you've been given that's really made an impact on you, what would that be? Sometimes we don't know how we're going to do something. So we just do. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so good. And sometimes it turns out really awesome. And sometimes it turns out really awful. 
but then that's also awesome <laughs> because then you know what you don't want. <laughs> awesome. Well, this was so much fun, Raya. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope anybody is more interested in, in baking a cake that's calorie free. You can go on the website, download the free ebook, ebook and start playing uh, because you don't need to hire me to play with your productivity success cake. You can do it all on your own and have some fun with it. I love it. And I encourage everyone to do so. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And this has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and we will see you next time. Thank you. You know what I love? It means so much to me that you took the time to listen to this episode. If you did enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, and you'd like to help support the Client Experience Revolution podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on your social media or even leave a rating and review. And if you want to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at link.consulting, that's L-I-N-Q dot consulting, on Twitter at Link Consulting, and even better, find us on YouTube. The channel is Raya Gonzalez, and you can see all of our podcast episodes in video format if you're just curious to see what our guests look like. We appreciate you so much, and that's why we're excited to see you next time.